Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Today, I'm joined by Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder here in Austria, ahead of round 10 of the season. And of course, uh, when we left things last time out in Saxe Ring, it was the halfway point of the season. So now we've got nine races in 14 weeks. Seems a good time to find out where we're at, give a bit of a midterm report as things stand uh, at the halfway point. So um, coming here into Austria, I'm sure it would be Mark Marquez who's had the best summer holiday of all the riders. 48 points is advantage and things just seem to be working for him at the moment, including in the last round in Saxon Ring. It's all down to him. Mark Marquez has done it. He came to this season with a motorcycle that didn't work, still running an old chassis, um, still with a motor that, that not only did it not do what he wanted it to do out of a corner, it didn't do what he wanted it to do in a straight line anymore. They'd lost speed and uh, performance in so many different areas. So it's all down to Mark Marquez what he's done. Um, point being as well is having a long conversation with Cal Crutchlow this morning, which was quite fortunate. And congratulations to Cal, of course. Uh, new baby born Willow earlier on this month and uh, the baby is doing well as is mum Lucy as well. So many congratulations from all of us on BT Sport. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. most of you out there fans-wise. But one of the points that Cal made, which was really interesting, He's very eloquent in private. I love Cal. He's a really nice guy in private. Of course, some might think he's got a bit of an edge to him in, in public sometimes. But he was quite... Uh, what he was saying about the engineering of this, since this new electronics package has been allied to the, the seamless gearbox, the gearbox now doesn't seem quite so seamless. There now is that kind of that upset in the middle of a corner if you go for another gear. And ally that again to the other, the third particle from a motorcyclist's worst nightmare, the tyres. So you've got new tyres, an electronics package that doesn't quite work as well with the seamless gearbox as Honda's um, electronics used to. That is a real triple-edged sword to try and get over for Honda riders. And the only man that's done it is Mark Marquez. And first thing about Marquez, you notice straight away in the summer holidays, the tweet of himself on the beach, smiling, enjoying himself, while everybody else was here testing and worrying. Good thing, though. It gives some riders an opportunity to get fit. Jack... Miller, of course, he's. But I nearly said Jack Valentine. Then I don't know why that was. <laughs> what? In <my> mind, but <laughs> morning or afternoon or evening, Jack, if you're listening. But uh, yeah, Jack Miller, fully fit now yeah. for the first time, and he's been out on his bike. He was out this morning. I've seen him go around the track on his bicycle. He's a changed man. I tell what you, what is he's, wrong with people he's on spent bikes? Spent a lot of time uh, with uh, Cal Crutchlow over summer. But what about Mark? Yeah, he's able to ride that Honda, but he's been mature hasn't he this season, picking Changed up points man. in the past uh, yeah. where he might have thrown it down the road. The image for me was Asson crossing the line. He, he resisted the temptation to race Jack Miller and came across the line. He was banging on the side of his crash helmet and staring at his team. See, I thought about it. See, I did what you told me. Didn't seem uh, to think too much in Saxon Ring, though, when he went out. How brave was he there oh, to well, extend that, that championship league? Ludicrously early to change to the slick shod bike. That yep. was uh, something I don't think anybody could have thought of. But once again, it was a Yamaha cock-up. 
Same in Mazzano last year, watching each other, watching the people around him, instead of Valentino I'm talking about, rather than paying attention to his pit board, yep. he, he wasn't to know early on that Marquez was now seven seconds a lap faster than him and therefore had the time to catch and pass him on slick tyres. So there, again, once again, there is there's this disconnect there seems to be between management. And sometimes you can be such a big superstar Everybody has to listen to you. Mm. It's your opinion. It's your way of doing it that counts more than anything. Uh, but it's a situation where you, you maybe he outfoxed himself. Well, he, he was doing the old thing, wasn't he? I'm doing what he does. He was looking at Dovey. Yeah, but um, that's, that's I, I've had a word with the team today, and, and I asked them about the atmosphere in the garage after the race in Saxering, uh, and they were saying, look, there's only so much we can do. It was. Valentino's decision we had the tyres he wanted on the bike he came in when he wanted it was his decision they said even if we had a radio as some people have speculated there may well have been uh-huh. even if we had put Mark Marcus's lap times on the pit board he still would have chosen when to come in because he was seeing how he sees it best and that time he was just wrong yeah well, that's fine I agree with that uh, you know it is when he feels it is best to make mm. that change on tyres because uh, was it Paul Espargaro only got to turn one when he had slicks on for the you know Marquez got out there went like a bat out of hell on the narrowest of lines that, and made it work, whereas a lot of others were struggling and going off track yep. as soon as they put slicks on. So this is exactly what you were saying about Marquez making that Honda work. And do what other where no one on. else can. Back to your gearbox point of a couple of minutes ago. Yep. This is the hangover. When Honda introduced that gearbox, which is not a standard seamless box, this is very different technology, incredibly high technology, and you needed their old, incredibly sophisticated electronics to make it work properly. And what's happened is the new electronics, they're nowhere near as complicated. They take a long time to adjust as well. Well, that's, you, a, that's the point I was making. It's a but, disconnect between the two, and I don't think they're sophisticated that you can adjust them enough exactly, to get it right. Exactly. That's the point I'm making. What... what not only are they difficult or, if not impossible, to get exactly right for the Honda Seamless box, it takes forever. And you used to be able to, Cal could say, for instance, a Honda rider could come into the pits, I want less traction control in turn six. By the time he'd got his crash helmet off, it had been done. Now it's an overnight job. Yeah. Well, we're going to get on to how the gearbox is going to be important here this weekend, in particular, uh, this track. Uh, but I want to talk about Lorenzo as well, though. He's the one who's in second in the championship. I've just spoken to him, actually, uh, and he said he's had a good rest, recharged the batteries and got back in the mode. He needs to because he's had two rotten races. He's had you know, three rotten races, yeah, yeah pretty much say, as well. So. <laughs> uh, but what has been eating at him? What is there? We know he can come back. He's shown that last year in particular. Uh, so he's got everything there. What's been eating at him? I would say Mark has his new attitude to this year to take the points when it counts. Marquez is giving no one an opportunity. You know, this, this year is about... You know, who crashes the most? Who, you know, you crash, you give away 25 points to somebody, that's going to take a hell of a lot of getting back. And the thing is with Marquez at the moment, I mean, he can make the same mistakes as everyone else in the second half of the season as they've made in the first half, and it could all be levelled up come Valencia. But is he, there anything in the relationship with Yamaha, the fact he's leaving at the end of the year? I, 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 I doubt I that. I doubt that very Disconnect much. Disconnect there, but I, I, I think that personally, I think that... There are the new technologies, of course, that will be affecting every rider and who gets the better of that. But I think also the fact that Marquez is, again, looking a bit invincible in a different kind of a way. The first two years he was invincible, he had the bike and he had the speed. Now, even with a motorcycle that no one else can make work right, he is doing it. Having said all that, though, I just want to say about Valentino Rossi, we're all talking and we've all said, I think watching him this year, he looks 
perhaps the strongest rider. He looks the strongest six package. Six front row starts this year. When did Valentino last get six front rows out of nine? Well, that, a very, very long time ago. That just puts what Mark Marquez is doing in context because Valentino's 59 points behind. Precisely. And Valentino's mistake in Assen, and it was his mistake, that, that crash in Assen, uh, not coming in in Germany, undoubtedly a mistake. He ended up Jack Miller uh, did him on the last one. Mm. Can we talk a bit more about that, please? Because I think that we didn't really get to the bottom of that, the disconnect between the team and the rider. Yeah, yeah. Valentino knows when he is a rider, it suits him and when it's safe for him to change the slick tyres on the track. You can't take that away from a rider, whatever the boys are hanging over the wall. But they knew, bearing in mind that every sector time they have in front of them, as it happens, as, as Mark Marquez crossed every one of the four sectors of the track, they knew how much faster than Valentino was. Did they put Valentino? Did they put Mark's time? They on didn't the put board? his times on, but they were just saying box. I was stood there. I was there watching yeah, the head scratching and the frustrations. But that it for does me come down wrong. to the rider, doesn't that it? That for me is still wrong because I don't think there was enough emphasis from mm. the management, from the team, on the wall to give him enough. He obviously did, they didn't get that. They obviously didn't get a plan worked out perfectly well prior to the race. That's yep. the key here. It's knowing. Now, what signs are you going to give me if it really becomes critical, if I'm going to be overtaken? Those are the questions that need, need answers. But ultimately, it's the rider that makes the decision. Yes, it is. It but not yep. if he hasn't got the full set of information on the board. Mm. But how do you communicate that? You've got to have some trust in your team as well, which is a two-way thing. Yeah. Mark Marquez, seven seconds faster. You know, yeah. seven seconds plus or, or, or whatever it is. You, but again, you just said that was his decision. And Mark, but Mark also said he trusted his team implicitly mm. on things like no intermediates and other um, other information. He said he know, he, he's learnt to T do what he's told. Talking of intermediates, I mean, how unlucky was Scott? Scotty Redding. Ah. I mean, he, he was on intermediates. And do you know what? I looked at his times compared with Mark Marquez's slick shod times and the intermediate shod times. He was only a couple of tenths shy yeah. of oh, what Mark Oh, they were Mark working well. Doing. They just didn't work well for long enough. enough. I yeah, think that's exactly right. What we always thought, the window where yeah. they are the answer. He said he expected so uh, 10 laps out of them. And he said, I probably got four. Yeah. But there was no testing. They'd never, ever done no, them. Exactly. It was guesswork. He said he won't be using them in a race again, but he would definitely use them in qualifying. Yeah, well, Which is I, what I always thought they were the answer to. I That's think Saxon, the reason. Saxon Ring is the death of the intermediate in racing in for racing, me. Yeah. I, don't, I can't see that coming Quite out possibly. Again. Quite possibly. Shame that you had to pay £100 to Oji well, anyway. No, but at least I was proved right. <laughs> no, you weren't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, said, you wouldn't have had to pay yeah. the 100 quid. No, 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 Keith. You're missing the subtlety of my point. <laughs> It's like said, a rider here. No I wonder he's called Julian Ryder with these excuses. It's, it's my real name. <laughs> I said they wouldn't be, you know, that they would be too narrow a window for them to be any use in a race, and I was right about that. Why, because some nerks use them is my fault. <laughs> no, just because you had, you I'm had pass that quid. one on to Scott Redding. You obviously had hundred quid to spare then. I didn't know you were that wealthy. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you know, I like to give to charity occasionally. <laughs> Hodgson's charity. Just making uh, that point there on uh, Scott Redding. He's on the Ducati. He expected a lot more, and we did from Ducati as a whole. What's gone wrong really because they started the season strongly it looked like we're going to get a Ducati win at some point yeah, maybe it hasn't this happened weekend. maybe this it weekend. may well be now but it hasn't so happened in the first nine it's, races it's, it's, been it's a, too late now it's been a really odd situation hasn't it I mean because mm. Andre Iannone had the contract in the bank till he wiped out Dovi in Argentina then that, that deal was put on hold for a moment Dovi's ended up getting the deal and Andrea Iannone being shoved out the door so Dovi's won that one do you know what this weekend is of his 250th Grand Prix. I was looking it up before I came up. I, I do do some work sometimes. <laughs> and 250th Grand Prix. He's only 30 years old still. But yet we've been talking. It's been a, a 
Two-time world champ. And, but he's only won one Moto Grand Prix race. In My point exactly. There's so much unfinished business with Dovi. Mm. I mean, the question still is, is he the faster man? I reckon out of the two this weekend, if, if it's going to be a Ducati win, it'll be Ian Oney. Why not uh, Scott Redding? <laughs> uh, the, the only the issue I think we've got there is, is tyres in particular here this weekend yeah. with the Ducati, just, which is just something to, we'll get on to. To point out, Keith, and Ducati, the pressure on the factory Ducati riders, mm. only two rostrums each and one front row, sorry, two front row starts for Yanone. And Casey Stoner hanging in the wings all the time just to annoy oh, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two, two new rear Michelins this weekend, by the way, as well. So yeah. whatever yeah. that Ducati's... And you know what? I've just been and spoken to Michelin a minute ago because I was a bit concerned about how hot it's scheduled to be on Sunday. It was 30-something degrees degrees here when they tested and the track temperature was 55 they're, so they're more worried about it being the other, the other way. way they're more yeah. worried about it being cold this yeah. weekend than than hot we were talking in the car on the way up yeah. doors weren't we about it so being, they, they've got the, they've got they've the got heat covered yeah. Right? yeah but they haven't got the cold covered yeah because there were a few problems we'll get onto this track in a second just on the brits really quickly we've mentioned cal um he has talked a good game and he actually he looked strong, but obviously lost points at the start uh, of the season when he crashed out of those first three races. Then, last time out, finally you know, gets into second place, takes that podium that's been well, he's had, he's got deserved. A, he's got a couple of major things out of the way, hasn't he? He's got that lovely second place and he rode for that. That wasn't a gift. Yeah, he and got the fastest that. lap as well. So, Cal Crutch, though, proper on form in Saxon Ring. Not a great track for everybody. It's a, It was dodgy conditions, all the rest of it, but Cal made the most of it in difficult conditions and he has been known to chuck it up the street. So, finishing on the podium was brilliant and he's had that lovely baby as well that's out of his mind now all are safe all are well you know that apart uh, from he didn't want to come here this weekend well, I I mean, yeah. to stay although we are expecting I think Lucy said that they'd like, her, like to bring the baby to Bruno so we might see uh, young Willow as uh, she's been named lovely name by the way um, <laughs> you mentioned um, Scott Redding about his possibilities here this weekend. He was fast in pre-season tests and he's had a lot of bad luck, we have to say. Uh, Tyres haven't got on with him, yeah. um, being a heavier rider than the Ducati. Uh, but he has had mechanical problems. But let's say, just as we said, for Cal in Germany, Scott Redding rode properly for that rostrum position in Assen. Front row start, overtook Polly Sparger on the last lap to take third place. Yeah, I think Scott's got, the, got what he needs to do the business personally um we'll wait and see uh, it's it's the second half jules after you've had a, a reset after you've had three weeks of reset it was a bit of a, to be honest it was a bit of a sporadic few grand prix prior to the midsummer break as well wasn't it it was a, yeah we had two weeks off then we yeah. had another two weeks yeah, off yeah, now yeah. we had three weeks off yep. now it's time to we've got 14 weeks and nine, nine rounds race, yeah you know and, and, and everybody's yeah. fired up for it now it's really really important to get down to business and not to get hurt like now at the start of these run of uh so many races in short order. Yeah, Danny, make sure you book in your Sundays over the next uh, few yeah, weeks because it's coming thick and fast. Stick with us. Well, um, the thick bits for me. <laughs> Bradley Smith, I know what he's been up to. If uh, you have a look on the Tech 3 website on their YouTube, uh, they've put up an interesting video of uh, Bradley Smith and Polly Spargo. I won't ruin it, but it does involve Bradley Smith dancing. Uh, but he hasn't been too, too much dancing on board the bike this year. He's trailing his teammate, struggled a little bit. Uh, he's got to be desperate for results. He has, but he's got that deal for next year in the bank. KTM have come out massively this weekend. There's so much PR around here at the moment. Bradley's looking forward to that. That seems to be a proper deal that's that's going to look very, very interesting next year. He signed up to do the World Endurance Round. Yeah, I was just leaving. Alex Lowe's didn't turn it down exactly, but Alex Lowe's didn't really want to do it. He won the Suzuka 8-hour, of course, as everybody knows at home. Um, but now Bradley's signed up to do the 
the the next round of it, which is important. The final yeah, round. Yeah, the final round, exactly. It's it's the most, it's the crux time. And Bradley, could you find a more perfect person when it came to that? Just Fast, right. a thinker, someone that understands everything that's going on around him. An eight-hour winner last year. Yeah. I'm fit as a butcher's dog. As there well. is that as well. Yeah. Um, but he needs something soon. Eugene Laverty on the uh, other side as well. His points run still continuing, still going on well, for the Irishman. Eugene is experiencing the classic dilemma, isn't he? Stay in Motor Grand Prix paddock on an old bike for no money or go to World Superbike, no doubt, for uh, a competitive motorcycle and good wages. Well, I mean, that comes down to what bike he's, got, he's being offered and the terms he's being offered it at here in MotoGP. I suspect that it will be to World Superbike, but that's only my personal thoughts rather than anything I know. Interesting as well, while we're on the subject of World Superbike, uh, uh, next year, Buriram is back on the calendar, it would seem. There's, uh, there's definite talks of Buriram in Thailand being a MotoGP round again next year. I mean, it was you remember me talking about it mm. 18 months ago. When you say again, you mean back on the, back uh, on the list. Back on the list. Of, of possibilities. Possibilities yeah. for next year. Because Indonesia got knocked off. There was no, no, no way, way they were going to go there. Yeah. No, Indonesia's not. But they still, they still, in theory, were supposed to be having a Grand Prix. Well, I think Prix. the problem was is that he wanted Grand Prix instead of World Superbikes, and I don't think Dorna owning both, of course, were, were too keen on that. So That's it looks Thailand, to me now yeah. like we're like, yeah, Thailand. A it, bit look, of both. it looks like we may have World Superbike at one end of the calendar and Buri Ram uh, MotoGP at the other end. I think it'd be great. It's only a rumor at the moment. It's not not set it's in stone. It's usually about Aragon that we see a calendar, isn't yeah. it? So we've only got a month to go for but, that. But uh, it must be quite a. F- Fairly well advanced, I would have thought, talks. I mean, they've been talking about it for some considerable yes. time. It's only going to come down to money. They get a great crowd in, in Thailand, obviously, for motorcycle races. Imagine with what it was for MotoGP, and you had you know, Willow out there as well. If you Problem is, Moto2. is that we are, need, we are, you know, get booking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, but don't say I said it was going to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might not still. Indeed. To underline that. Yeah, yeah. There's still a long way to go before that's confirmed. So don't go booking anywhere just yet. Let's talk about this weekend here at the Austrian Grand Prix. First time uh, the Grand Prix circuit's been here for, for 19 years. Uh, the old Zeltweg, it was the A1 ring, the Oschersleben ring originally as yeah. well when it went out into the forest. Now the Red Bull ring uh, that we come to. It's much changed over the years. It's a beautiful setup. We have to say, first of all, when you come through. Stinks they, of money. They really does. They haven't uh, left anything short, have they? No, stinks of money. But it's a, a tricky venue. It's fast. It's going to be the fastest average speed. Quicker than Phillip Island um, in terms of average speed. That's for Andre Iannone. Only nine corners. 116.3 miles per hour average. That stuff doesn't worry me too much. It's good for Ducati, but the two left-handers together in the middle of the lap is the bit that, that just concerns me a bit at the moment. And the fact they've had to modify turn 10. Mm. It's been And it's a bit an untested modification. Uh, I know Danny Aldridge, when I spoke to the technical director a minute ago, was a bit concerned because he was just gritting his teeth a bit because it, it hasn't been tried. It hasn't been tested. And Friday morning is the first time that the riders are going to see this new marked layout. They haven't actually... They've just made some more painting, haven't they? Yeah, I they spoke to Carl Crutchlow and he said, why didn't they do it for the tests? Which was a bit strange because well, they because have only painted. Well, yeah. I think it was only Stoner at that time who said that he thought yeah, that it was not right. quite so safe. I think other riders have got behind that right. train of thought since Stoner said. And, of course, events between... Of uh, course, uh, Luis, of yeah. course, rest in peace. Um, also, uh, turn three is somewhere up at the top of the hill, that long stretch. It's a big climb mm. that you don't notice. Really, actually, you say nine corners. That's actually really only four, yeah. aren't there? That's, that's the track, fair really. comment, yeah. With, with, a few, with like four straights <laughs> in between on, one, them. one, two, Which three. is why we're talking about Ducati uh, <laughs> a lot. However, in the test, they were fastest when we came here three weeks You're ago. Well but, fastest. But there were tyre issues. I've heard from all the Ducati riders say, hold up a second, we were fast, but there were issues with the tyres. But now they've got those new ones that they've brought. 
that they hope work, but they don't know at the moment. But there's a fuel consumption issue as well with it being such a high mm. average speed track. Do you think that as well? Still, even now with the, with the extra liters and stuff they've got on board for this year, that's going to no, be that interesting. That would surprise me. But there's they have just speaking to the riders. They've just said it's just a concern. It's something to think about yeah. as well in terms of how how are the tires performing? If we're well, spinning that, up a lot, that'll knock the edge off them. If you've got yeah. a lot of tire spin and they're they're getting close to fuel mileage, yeah, because then the Ducati's advantage suddenly becomes not an advantage. Exactly. That's when it uh, does get turned down. Cal Crutchlow said uh, as well earlier on that turn 10 will probably mean a gearing change in, in terms of uh, second gear he said we had it pretty much sorted how we knew we were going to have it but that actually to be surprised that changes things so it's something he says everyone's uh, in the boat of uh, but what do we learn really from the test apart from Ducati's a fast because let's not forget as Julian pointed out Mark Marquez was on the beach I know. I, I think that's key. Yeah? I mean, they've ridden an RC two thirteen yes. RS or whatever bike, it is, yeah. the road bike yeah. version around here, which seems slightly strange that you wouldn't test the real thing. But, but they're yeah. saving test days for for next Absolutely. year's bike for later on yeah. in the year. I understand yeah. that. Yes. And when you've got a forty-eight point lead, is it? it um, uh, I think yeah. that's the number. Yeah. Well, then um, yeah. you have got a little bit to play with, haven't you? Really. Yeah. That's why I'm staying for the Bruno test. I'm expecting something to roll out of the Honda garage there that might be interesting. We've got a Twitter question uh, that you've sent into at BT Sport MotoGP. First one we've got from Jack Bunning. Will this be Ducati's first win? Uh, if so, who? <laughs> Which one? That is the question. I've said this more than once, haven't I, that if Ducati are going to win one, it's got to be here. So let's assume Ducati are going to win. Oh, there's an assumption. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is I'd, an assumption. Let's say I, I'd say Yanone's the man to do it. Well, that's what I said earlier. I mean, I think that out of the two, that would be my betting. But the, the fact is, is that you're right to bring us to that question of whether testing versus the real yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, the real thing starts tomorrow. Testing goes out the window. They've got a base set up now, with the, with the exception of Turn Ten, that they've now got to change, change and tune for. But and um, in terms of setup. It's, I'm not going to say it's not the most difficult track. In terms of learning it, the riders say, you know what, after about 20 laps, you know your way around this mm. place. And setting up, it really is hard braking, hard acceleration. Much else, not really. So, so that, in, so in that terms makes of setup, it Texas. Yeah, very similar to Austin. And who's strong there? Mark Fondas. Marcus. <laughs> yeah, I, think it's a, I think it's a little less technical than Texas. Even I've got to learn this one. <laughs> um, Twitter question from Parker. I don't know whether there's a first name or a last name there, but Parker, can a satellite team win here? Michelins are helping satellite teams bridge the gap, especially Ducati. Well, I've got a I mean, beard well, rub from Julian. Well, Ryan, Julian's <laughs> already rubbed his beard and put Scott Redding on the table just a few minutes ago. And, uh, you know, all things being equal, Scott's having a good run, but I still don't think so. I just—it's got to be—it's got to be a wet race. Hasn't I, it? I, I yeah. think we've had, and a, we could well be yes. actually with the forecast. Very, very localized weather here because of all the mountains around. You can see the rain about a mile away, but, but here it's fine. Microclimates, don't yeah. you? In the, in the I went out with my coat on, took it off, put my t-shirt on. I've got my coat on again. I can't believe it's gone up and down. <laughs> Mr. Like Hewitt's wardrobe news brought to you by. Twitter <laughs> um, um, question from Pip uh, Jonas, which might help uh, you with what you're about to say, Julian. Will Mark Marquez be able to outperform the Ducatis? Uh, he says he's uh, or he or she are going for a long-awaited Ducati win, but will Marquez come here and do the business? Of course he will. And but he, <laughs> Mark Marquez, as we know, this new model Mark Marquez for 2016, if he thinks winning is going to take too much of a risk, mm. then he will settle for second or third or even fourth. 54 wins if he wins this weekend. Same as Mick Doohan. But Mick Doohan did it all on the big bikes, of course. And as Mick would say, Formula 1 drivers don't count Formula 3000. <laughs> Absolutely. And Mick is here this weekend. He was on so the plane on the way over. He I thought I'm rehearsing the, the, yeah. the, 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 the words of the man, <laughs> the mighty what? Mick himself. When you got off the plane and onto the bus, 
you know, like, and I looked across and there was this sort of shortish, graying, sort of 50 year old fella in the corner. And I thought, looks like Mick Doohan. <laughs> it is Mick Doohan. <laughs> and already Troy Corsa had come on and caused trouble as well. Everybody's out here this weekend. Um, but no Casey Stoner out here this weekend. Uh, <laughs> Saving himself for Philip Island, surely. Do you reckon? Do yeah. you reckon I, I love you know Stoner? I do. I do. I genuinely do. Have you seen the prices of some of the tickets, grandstand tickets at Philip Island this year? They are through the sky. Just in, on the off chance. On I the reckon, off chance that I reckon, on the, I reckon they're making more money out the fact that Casey may or may not than they are out the fact they got the well, It's in their interest <laughs> for us to keep it on. <laughs> so Casey's on a backhander from the circuit for the organisers, is he? Too, the great uh, thing about Casey is you know he don't care about that. Hey, but one thing is clear. He, uh, he was quick. He was seriously quick in a test. Did a you see what Lorenzo test. said? He said yeah. he's amazing. The talent. I actually wrote it down, but I can't. I can't get my pad you out quick really enough to actually it. actually do it. But I, I wrote the quote down because I remember thinking, if Jorge Lorenzo is saying something like that about somebody, I know he's a, he's more friendly with with Casey than he is with anyone else, which which may may just give him that yes. extra little bit of momentum. But but I just think that when somebody like Lorenzo is is blowing smoke up the kilt of. Another so, rider. Another a rider. potential opponent. Yeah. Well, one thing seems clear. It's going to be quick and uh, perhaps the quickest ever. Um, well, since we were on the roads, obviously, I think Spa will always hold that one. Uh, the old Barry, Spa. Bar- Barry, Barry Sheen's, Sheen's record. Yeah. 127 mile an hour around Spa. Have you ever been around that bit of the course? Go and have a look. Unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. On a misfiring RG500. On a mi- uh, uh, yeah, RG- but we often talk about top speeds, don't we? And, but here we talk about average, top average speed. Average speed is much more... I've just, scary. I've just looked at uh, actually. I've, Go on, because I've had a summer holiday. You know, Troy Bayliss is a lap record holder around here. According to my notes here, how about that? From the World Superbike days. Yeah, from World Superbike. Lorenzo, talent of Casey is unbelievable. That is a, a hell of a phrase to use for uh, for for anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from for a that multiple world man. champion to use about another rider. Actually, it was Ian O'Neill's birthday this week as well. Already, there's, I'll tell you what. I won't give it all yeah, away because I've got it all written down. Save something, No, no, it's okay. This is our podcast. Dan, digital Dan, will just moan at me if I don't get it all out there. Let's move on to Moto Two while we can. Johan Zarco, so strong in Germany in every condition. Now he's he's turned his season around from a bit of a slow start. Looked a little bit nervous defending his title. And Rins was on the deck as well in Germany. So I was quite amused at the Tech Three Wars start this year yes <laughs> Folger and uh, Zarco yeah. I mean when Folger slung it underneath Zarco Zarco uh-huh, I have the perfect line <laughs> and got the drive to, to the flag brilliantly yes. uh, I do like those two I, th- uh, I yes. think that's going to be a great team I next agree year. completely MotoGP for them and Johan Zarco said at the start of the year well, why did you do another year in Moto2 he says well uh, Pedroza and Lorenzo went up as double champions Maybe I can do the same. <laughs> he's, he's, a doing a lousy he's, he's a huge favourite. Huge favourite to do so. Um, in terms of uh, Moto2 riders, a lot of them coming up into MotoGP, as you said there. Jonas mm. Volger as well, making the, the step be up. Sam Lowe's, Alex Rins. Sam Lowe's has got on very well with that motorbike. Yes. He's, he's he tested the, here, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's tested here. He's, he's they took the transponders off. Something yeah. else will maybe Well, that you about. should do. We don't want to be putting people under pressure. But uh, no, but for for the for Bradle and Bautista, yeah. who are testing as well, simply because I think it, the rumour is that KTM was going so well and it might have embarrassed them. Well, they were one point seven off, weren't they, KTM? I think they, they, they from from what I've I, I, which, is cl- which is closer than Suzuki were when they came that's back a, for their that first That is a great test. point of context, young Gav. Yeah, and that's who. He, it's the, it's the software again. It's the mm. simpler software. We've made it that little bit yeah. easier. Well, they're starting with that platform as well. So exactly. So apparently, it was, was that Michael Callio, I take it? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He was top. Uh, Tom Lutie was out there as Mika well. Mika Callio scheduled to wild card on the KTM at Valencia. At uh, Valencia. Um, Still on with the Brits, of course. Danny Webb not here this weekend. He's off now on his holidays to go and play on the roads, I think it is. And Danny Kent, I saw him in, on the Urta track, truck earlier today as well. He's looking forward to the second half of the year. He needs he, to, He feels he? like he's underperformed a bit at the moment. But he seemed mm. to have a very level... Tell you what, he's a different kid from a couple yeah. of years ago. He is. He, he just seems to be very level-headed with it. I think it. that that break could have come at a good point. I think for Danny so. Kent. I really think so. So look out for Danny Kent yeah, in the second so. half. I think it just takes time to percolate down, doesn't it? For, Maybe he's Danny. a man of two halves. Last yeah. year he had the first half, which was brilliant, and the second half that just kept us biting through our nails the years, all the way through it. So that was the first time you've ever seen Danny Kent do that because it always used to be the second half of the season where he was strongest, yeah. and well, you always say, "Why can you do this yeah. at the beginning of the because year?" Because it so. takes a while to yeah. filter down. Well, maybe it's about filtered through them. On the Brit, Sam Lowe's, uh, can he get his title challenge back on track? Can Alex Rins? <laughs> Not if Zarko carries on like he is. No. That is exactly the point. I Keith. asked the question last year, Jules, will Zarko come out of the summer break as strong as he was before it? Because quite often the summer break can work two ways yeah, yeah. for you. You can be too relaxed, you can be whatever it is, and you can lose the momentum of a championship or you can gain the momentum of a championship. Zarko came out the summer break last year, no difference whatsoever, but yep. still absolutely millimetre perfect. Yep. And he is, as you said, a slowish start, as, a, as he, I don't know, got his head around the situation, whatever, various reasons. But in the last half, four or five races of, of uh, the season, my God, has he been impressive. Yeah, peerless. And in Moto3, Brad Binder, much the same, although wet last time out and it was Powie who did the Again. business. <laughs> Too tight. But I tell you what, the anxiety level on the team was not as high as it was in Argentina. In Argentina, they were convinced he was going to crash and they were trying to slow him down. This time around, Talia Carda and company were a little cooler, but I felt. he was still getting were. quicker. Unbelievable, <laughs> wasn't he? Yes. I mean, the kid... Certainly it's can ride when it's a bit slippy. Feeling for a bike under those He needs to find the dry, though, doesn't he, but, now? But no, yeah, he does. But Malaysian riders like him who've come from the pocket bike, the mini bike, the underbones, they reckon to do 40% of races they have are in the wet. And, and Malaysian wet. And on slippy old tracks. On really. Of, on the road. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the, the cub. Yeah. 40% of their, of, of their races is, are, are wet. And so no wonder the kid's good in the wet. Brad Binder here, it's home territory, isn't it? The, his sponsor, the team, Red Bull KTM, it's all made for them here this weekend. He had a good test here, says he enjoys the track. But they're <laughs> going to have some fun, more than anything, getting up towards Turn 3, aren't they? Because it's a, such a steep hill and it's going to take forever. I'm, I'm having a bit of fun with the energy drink wars here at the moment. Mon <laughs> monster Jake is wandering around with his monster hat uh, in Dayglow. Everybody is... Uh, it's the big competition this weekend. It's obviously the Red Bull ring, but... Uh, Monster Energy have a fair presence in this paddock <laughs> and there was nothing they would like more than to see their guys more prominent in the press at the Red Bull Ring than anybody else. What about John McPhee as well? Uh, he's had the uh, gearbox upgrade last time out and it served him well. It did. He looked good. He's lost his teammate though. Alexi Masbu yeah. has parted. Yeah, uh, Rennes has come in, hasn't he? Yes. Albert or Albert? Albert. Albert. Oh, halfway between then. Albert, yeah. <laughs> Alberto Rennes riding the Spanish Bert championship us, on yeah. a... Bertie, yeah. yeah. Uh, on a Mahindra. And he had actually tested with the team. And he's wild-carded or been Aspar's third entry a couple yeah. of times this year as well. Tell you what, But, I but McPhee's P6 was... Oh, brilliant. Oh, but, but, but that's what he's capable of. Yeah. And that's what he needs to do. That's I what mean, he should be. Next year is a big year. 
there's a big year coming next year and John McPhee, there's a lot of rumours around what's going on team-wise next year for him as well. Um, we've got to keep an eye on what what happens with John McPhee for, for next year. I, I'm convinced he will be back. Do you know something, I'm, I'm, while we're talking, ladies and gents, the, uh, the main press, the first press uh, gathering of the weekend is going on on the Thursday night as is normal. Cal Crutcher looks as disinterested as usual <laughs> at one end. They look like the usual suspects. But haircuts seem to be the... Uh, obviously, they've gone for lightweight for the second half because everybody Expecting has had a really, weather. really yeah. close haircut this, yeah. this weekend. Well, it's got to last them for 14 weeks. They won't get judged to go Crutchlow was almost beard-free. I tell you what, he looked... Five years younger Didn't when he? I saw him this morning in the lounge. All the weight of... I, I saw him in the hire car uh, at Vienna Airport. And he, I thought, is that Cal? Yeah. No, oh, God, it is. Yeah. You know, it didn't, took me a second look to recognise no, him. No, he looked, he looked very... Uh, that could be a proper weapon if, if he makes that work this weekend. I mean, if, you got to, if you're going down the betting shop, maybe Cal... <laughs> so, so I'm going to ask you, actually, before anyone's turned a wheel, three winners, quickly. Oh, three winners. Three, three winners. winners. Let's all get Zarko in as the banker for Moto2. Yeah. Oh. I'll go Zarko with you, Moto2. Oh, I hate going with you, the same. Well, well look, so do I, but... I've been saying Yanone, haven't I, since we got in the higher car and so on. I'd better stick with Andre Yanone. I'm going to say Mark Marquez. Leaving Keith to... Contemplate. I'm going for a Banyaya repeat in Moto3, just to... No, I'm going to go, go with a Brad Binder. I'm going to go with Binder, yeah. I, I think I'm going Binder. on a long shot. That's my sporting bet of the weekend. I'm not putting any sporting bets in, but Pindazarko Marquez. <laughs> that's a, that, that's an investment, that that's, is, Gavin. That, not that's a bet. gambler's yeah, bet. I'll tell you what, though, you ain't going to get much back on it. That is for certain. You're yeah, going to have to put a, whole, a lot on a to get a pound. A whole row of favourites. Who am I going to go for on uh, race win, then? Oh, damn. Come on, Hugh, and make a decision. I know, I've got to, but I think it's a Ducati job, and because I'm going to be devil's advocate, I'm going to play with Dovey. Good man. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say Dovi on his 250th Grand Prix is going to make it a fairy tale Red Bull. And ring. in Moto2, what did you say? Zarco. You are an absolute nerk to bet against Zarco at the moment in <laughs> Moto2. Nerks all over the paddock in MotoGP. Cheers, Keith. Cheers, Jules. Uh, well, let's find out if we're right when you download our review podcast following the race here in Germany. Remember, of course, you can watch every session live with us this weekend on BT Sport 2. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.